Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Zach Kaplan who is the creator and writer of the new series, Join the Future, from Aftershock Comics. Zach, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. I know that you made time to speak with me uh, because you had to do the dad thing and uh, wrestle some of the kids down uh, and then make time to jump on Skype. I had to do the same thing, uh, so we appreciate it, but... I did want to ask you uh, just real quick before we jump into uh, the book, but uh, what's it like for you to be able to be a dad and also write comics, which in a way is kind of fun. You're like creating worlds that your kids will get to experience later. What, like, what's that like for you? Well, I love, I love all of that. I love uh, being a conflict creator and I love creating worlds and I love being a dad. And so you know, it, it is exciting for me that one day my kids will uh, pick up these stories and and um, and check them out. Although I, my daughter's five and she's starting to say like, "What's this one? Can I look through it?" And I'm kind of like, you know, I have to to um, I have to be careful to some regards. Um, but yeah, it's 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 great, and I'm I'm reading my daughter <laughs> uh, Marvel stories and DC stories. She's learning all the superheroes. She's really into it, and I'm going to take her to WonderCon, and um, she's probably going to dress up and take a, a million pictures with cosplayers. So uh, I'm having a great time being a, a comic dad and, and and all of that. Um, it's a lot of fun. What a time to be alive for that, really. I mean, we're getting so much more content, movies, and seeing a whole lot of characters who didn't get screen time before are now kind of thrust out there like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. Yeah, uh, you know, as a dad of a young daughter, she's five, and it's uh, I find myself really excited. So for anybody out there who is like, who who doesn't understand, you know, here I am excited to get uh, a young girl into this this and I don't want her to just be into Disney princesses. I want her to be into into comics and into superheroes and into. I think there's so that this world has so much to offer, and it's really exciting for me to see new characters coming out or getting new spins or being done in ways that that anybody can relate to them. And so I think it is a very exciting time, and I think that um, it's really cool to see the the see see the way she's seeing it all through her eyes so yeah it's very exciting yeah it's i mean personally i'm very excited my daughter's little now but uh she'll put on a princess dress like frozen yeah and then pick up a foam replica of thor's hammer and we'll battle and it's it that's just one of the best things ever yeah that's awesome um yeah it's a it's really great now i mean i will say (laughs) i have two young kids and it is uh, it is uh, something else to balance uh, a busy uh, life as a comic creator and, and two young kids. I mean, I actually uh, don't have any answers. I, I want to meet other even more successful creators and find out how the heck they they do it <laughs> because it's a 
it's um you know i feel like one of those scenes in the avengers or something where they're you know there's a million bad guys coming at them and they're just throwing them one after the other that's that's my life but it's it's toys and and crying kids and and all that stuff but um but it's great it's it's a, it's a wonderful time it's exciting um but um i don't have any answers as to how to balance it all i'm still thinking <laughs> that out you just have to pretend to be cap and say i could do this all day that's right or, okay I, that's, I, I just that's exactly right all right well we appreciate you sharing that we'll go ahead and move on into talking about uh your book which should drop today uh by the time this recording comes out and that is join the future uh just a uh, heads up for all of our listeners if you haven't read the book yet uh we're going to just kind of talk about it you're going to hear some spoilers so if you don't want it spoiled for you drop what listening of course come back later but uh, get to your local comic shop, pick up an issue, and you will be glad you did. So uh, join us back once you're done reading it. You'll have questions, and Zach will probably answer them right here. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. But if you're still listening right now, here we go. I'm just I'm going to jump right in. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a preview of the book. Uh, and one of the previews uh, went out to a, a lot of different outlets. Uh, and they had some great reviews for it. The book... Uh, is getting, I think, much-deserved praise. But one of the uh, best quotes was from Comics Bookcase, uh, which is a great site. Uh, I love Zach from Comics Bookcase. But uh, he said that this book is one of the strongest debut issues of 2020. And I think he's absolutely correct. Opening the first page of this book, the art really does the job of sucking you in. Um, it's kind of like a... I almost want to call it widescreen comics again, because it's yeah. just... So much beautiful landscape to look into, and it really pulls you into this world really fast. Um, Thank but you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I was just talking like it's it's such an interesting juxtaposition too, because you get started in this beautiful high tech city and everything's gorgeous, and then you turn a page, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, did we go back in time? What happened? And then you realize oh, not everybody lives the same in this world. So did you want to kind of talk about that idea or the premise behind this? Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, we're assuming people have, have read it, but this premise is uh, in the future, many 50 years in the future, um, there are these mega cities, maybe a handful, 50 or 100 all across America, and they can give people everything they would want from health care to universal basic income to uh, your own place to live, a job you want, whatever you could want, um, society can offer it for you. And all they ask is that you help them compete in an economic war with other mega cities where population is power. The more people a mega city has, the more powerful it is. And so because people are the ultimate resource, these cities go to desperate lengths to, to get anybody to come and live in them. Uh, there are a few holdouts uh, in small town America. This follows the trend of people moving from rural America to cities over time. And this trend has all but concluded in the future. We have just a handful of people in small towns left and they are being um, pressured and pushed to give up their simplistic, self-sufficient, idealistic way of life and join the future. And they don't want to. Um, and absolutely, we we strive to, first off, the, the, the book is, 
gorgeously drawn, gorgeous. Uh, P- Peter Kowalski and Brad Simpson do an impeccable job. Hassan Otsman El How on the letters just adds to um, with you, you just you think it's just letters. It's not just letters. It, it completely elevates the the storytelling. It's phenomenal. So they all do this great job of making this beautiful book and really um, masterful storytelling. And uh, yeah, it starts off with the five issue. Um, kind of promo. Uh, I always envisioned those um, ad, those um, safety videos you see on um, airlines, where they're kind of like, "So happy you could join us, and thanks for coming, and sit back and relax, and let us show you a little bit of what we have to offer." You know, safety, entertainment, and it's just everything you could ever want. So why don't you come with us and join the future? And it's this just slick ad where everything seems perfect and utopic and um and then yeah we we juxtapose that to this very slow introduction into rural the rural countryside and uh the 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 hero heroine of the story clementine libby is hunting with her brother and her father and it's a a very kind of small intimate moment and it kind of lets us pace into the to their their moment and um yeah yeah that 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 and the the colors are dramatically different and this art style shifts and everything was about showing the dichotomy between those two worlds. Yeah. And it's an incredibly well done transition. Um, one in that's instantly jarring and then that, you know, something has changed, but two, that whole scene where you meet Clem and her father and her brother, uh, really lets you know an awful lot about Clem and maybe two to three panels Real fast, you see that she is a very headstrong, determined young girl. Yeah. And um, you can tell that that's really going to probably end up carrying over in the story. I just naturally assume it does. Yes. Uh, uh, But then you also see something that I wasn't expecting as she goes chasing prey and getting into danger and surviving with the help of her father. Uh, But that she is asthmatic. Yes. Yeah, I was. That was surprising to me. I wasn't really uh, ready for my my heroine to be that flawed so soon. Not that you know that's a big flaw, but to have something that's kind yeah. of dangerous in a world where you won't go to the big city and get it cured. That uh, was is very interesting. Made it such a such a, a a good choice for her character to um, give her something that we really um, people cope with every day, and we've coped with without advanced technology for a very long time. But what's interesting is when you juxtapose it to the advancement that the city could offer, it really suddenly frames the whole dynamic of the lure of technology and and, and future. Because you kind of go, well, wait a minute. If she could cure her asthma overnight, why wouldn't she? But it's such an interesting question to put to heart, put to put to that character because right now we 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 wouldn't do that we don't we don't ask people like it's normal for someone to have asthma and so i just thought it was a very interesting um character trait to uh demonstrate um the choices that she and her family have been making and um the dichotomy of the worlds um but yeah she's very headstrong and um and her father is imparting this knowledge to her about the importance of doing things yourself, which is uh, one of the themes of, of the book. And uh, she's almost 
so um, almost impulsive to do things herself. You know, she doesn't truly mm-hmm. and understand the, the the wisdom of this advice. She's she's all in gung ho about it. So um, yeah, it was a great um, way to really introduce the family dynamic, her relationship with her brother, the father, the, the theme. A lot of it, a lot of it was able to come out in that small moment. It really does. It comes out very well, too, when you kind of take just a step back and think about the scene because the father is telling them when they can see one of the big cities with all of its technological uh, advancements and, of course, how attractive that would be uh, when he tells them, you know, like freedom is important and relying on yourself, as you said, is the theme of the book or one of the themes. Uh, But if you think about the dad for a moment, and how strong his moral compass is and his principles, how hard it must be for him not to just immediately take his daughter and go and say, cure her. Like that his principles are strong enough to say, we can live with this, we can manage it without giving up who we are. And I think that moment rings real true when you think about it and then you realize what he's willing to give up even though the thing he cares for most is probably his kids and then the people of the town. It's a real tough dilemma, and it's something I can relate to very deeply as a father, to the desire to give your your children everything they need to have a wonderful life, and at the same time to prepare them to handle all the trials and obstacles that they will face. And those things are often opposites. And um, so, you know, is she better off to be cured or is she better off to be prepared to handle it? And, you know, it's 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 um, it's a very powerful dilemma, but it defines him and it defines um, this whole community. You 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 essentially you quickly learn that he's the mayor of this town. And so by defining this point of view, his point of view, I'm able to therefore define the whole community and the whole way of life. And that was really something that was so important. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that had to happen in this in this issue. Um, but in terms of setting the stage between these two worlds and how they're opposed and, and the different point of views, it really all had to happen very quickly. Five pages, we had to understand everything we needed to about that city. And then this this hunting trip, we had to understand everything we needed to about this family, these characters, and this this lifestyle. And um, and yeah, he has this warning. I mean, since we're spoiled, since we're deep here in, in spoiling story, what he's talking about that city and warning them about the dangers of compromise and how you know you you cannot compromise for a second. And this actually becomes, as the story goes on and the series goes on, one of the principal dilemmas um, because there is clearly this. Uh, problem that Clementine is going to face because these cities are pressuring this small town. And how do you fight or resist without compromising your ideals, without using anything? How do you go up against Goliath with rocks? You know, and so um, it, it re- that that theme there really gets propelled throughout the story in in in, in a what I find to be fascinating. So, Yeah, it's certainly compelling from the jump to see that is incredibly well done. The scene where you do find out the dad's the mayor is because you have people from the city coming into the small towns and still holdouts trying to get them to go into the city. And 
it's right in there, probably maybe the second panel of that specific scene where you get to start to see the cracks in the the facade of how great the city is, how great living there must solve all of your problems. Uh, you can kind of tell that there's an underlying, your interest is not really what they're looking for. Yeah, that's um, right. And it's, I mean, that it's it's clear and it gives you this real sense of uh, the uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, like just a little bit, you get to see that story of the central district or the first district has all the money and the wealth and life is so easy. And the further out you go to Katniss's district, it's, you know, you're fighting to survive. You're hunting food and um, doing whatever it takes. And you kind of get like a small sense of that in this story. Uh, but then I also get that Western feel. Yeah. Which is really cool because uh, who doesn't love a good Western? I don't care who you are. Who doesn't? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've got a, a gunslinging uh, female heroine like like Clem, you know you're in for a good story, especially when they go up against the iPhone-wielding fashion, just obsessed uh, people in the big city. So I, I'm expecting a good story to come out of this. Uh, but uh, the one thing in the story that I won't spoil, for because it's at the end of the issue, and uh, there's things called cliffhangers. And then there's things like, oh, my God, did they just do that? And that's, I think, the end of this particular first issue, Zach. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It definitely has me going, so when is issue two? Is this biweekly, monthly? Come on. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, a real, it's a real hard one that, that the ending is really um, all in. And... Um, it made all of that work uh, and that time that uh, that we took in the story earlier in the issue kind of pay off. You know, like um, it's all setting the stage for something to happen and it's all seething under under the, you know, under there. And then it all just blows up at the end. And I think, you know, if you don't understand the 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 the, the state, if the stage has not been set properly and you don't understand and relate to these characters i mean you, i don't know i fell in love with these characters writing these characters and writing these scenes and um uh, you know the clementine and her family and this town they have a real strong connection to one another and so uh the ending is um is a very uh a very powerful one so uh, i'm excited to hear <laughs> that it that it has had that effect and um yeah it really it grabs you to the credit of, of the whole scene and everything. It's wow. It's a wow moment. But then when you stand back and look at it, you're like, man, Peter Kowalski and Brad Simpson are really pulling their weight here. Really are. I mean, yeah, yeah. just everyone on this book is simply stepped up to the plate and they're, swinging they're for the killer. Fences. You know, I, I, um, I am actually slaved picking the artists for this one. Um, we, I looked for a long time. And I mean, when I think about the checklist of what the artists had to be able to do to be able to capture the slick um, look of the city and this kind of utopic look, which to me always had a tremendous amount of detail, to be able to capture now this very open, picturesque kind of landscapes of um, of this this kind of Western feel, to be able to capture the heartfelt you know, moments uh, and a, and a teenage, a, a young woman, she's, you know, 17, 18, but 
it's teenage. And so to be able to draw a teenage character and capture her in that heart, those heartfelt moments and then action, sci-fi aspects, there was just so much that had to happen. And um, they as a team just nail it. It's just, uh, they hit for me every single box and um, it's, 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 they're, they're really good. And actually, uh, the issues get even better. I mean, the, the, the artwork in issue two and three and four is just unbelievable. Uh, there's some things that are coming down the pipeline that are just hinted at in issue one, but then you get to see this stuff and it's, it's just cool as hell. So, uh, I'm super, uh, I'm super happy um, with the work that they've done and Hassan kills it. So, um, yeah, they do. It's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous book. It's a gorgeous book. It really is. Um, so you, good job. I'm sure you took a lot of time <laughs> to find those guys, but I, uh, I, I think you assembled quite the team. Thank you. Uh, and so if anybody's listening, like, I know, come on, quit telling them how great it is, but you're going to join this bandwagon too. Once you read this, because it really, uh, join the future has a great kickoff issue. It's definitely going to hook you and entice you to be putting this on your poll at your local comic shop. It doesn't hurt to have a strong debut by uh, if you release a, something in March, too. That makes it easier because that's <laughs> less. Really? <laughs> well, I'm joking because it's, you know, uh, it's easy to say it's a, it's a good debut for 2020 because we're just into the beginning of 2020. But I, I, I'm, I'm. I'm very grateful for for the praise, but um, well, it's, the, it's not like November, right? It's it's like always funny when people say it's like something is like Oscar. This is award winning. It's like it's like February. It's like yes, I love the roll a little bit, but uh, <laughs> oh, I get it. That's fair. You're right. Yeah. The event books aren't out yet, so you're not fighting with that much. But it's still a crowded market, and there's still lots of stuff out there. And um, it's it, it's you know it's also in it's um. I don't think there's too many sci-fi westerns like this. Um, you know, and I, I looked at the marketplace and I looked at just media in general, TV and movies. And uh, if you're listening to this and you can think of some that are not like Will Smith, Wild Wild West with steampunk kind of style, if you can think of like grounded, uh, cool um, sci-fi westerns, hit me up on Twitter uh, or Facebook or Instagram at Zach Caps and share with me those references because I was hard hit to find uh, a lot of them. Um, I found that there are Westerns, there are science fiction, but this mashup was surprisingly not populated and, and very not so in comics without going like all in steampunk. Uh, there's a lot of um, steampunk sci-fi Western, but so yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, an it's unique. Well, yeah. It's a little different for right now. You're right. If you're looking for a true blend, you can get things like you can go back and watch uh, old reruns of Firefly or yes. you can. The closest thing I think we have to a sci-fi Western right now that's real popular is The Mandalorian. Totally agree. I've said but, that myself. Mandalorian is is a sci-fi Western and, yeah. it is, and it is grounded and gritty. It's just also Star Wars, which makes it right. Uniquely its own thing. Um, and Firefly has got a little bit of a, a camp kind of uh, vibe to it, you know. Um, and I don't, I think this is, this is, I, get, I wouldn't compare this. I wouldn't, no one should be comparing anything to Mandalorian, but there is some 
crossover there. Um, but yeah, I, we wanted to set out to do something that hits that sci-fi itch that gives you a few, a futuristic look at something that's got all the sci-fi action and gunslinging and, and, and all that. But then yeah, Western, you know, those tense moments, those landscapes and vistas, that grand epic feel. And, uh, you know, uh, I think both in science fiction and in Westerns to see the, um, the individual go up against the system is a, is a very common uh, theme. And so it really, it really worked well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done. And we're really, well, I've certainly enjoyed it so far. I'm sure everyone else listening will, uh, but I can say Zach did mention his Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk to him or ask him something, uh, he is responsive. I don't know how he does it with writing duties and children and also being responsive on Twitter, but I'm glad he is. Procrastination is what it is. (laughs) But he will talk to you. It's great. Uh, You engage with your fans very well. Uh, And that is much appreciated from our side of the community. Thank you. Um, And uh, I like like talking about comics and and, um, absolutely reach out and uh, let me know what you guys think. Yeah, much appreciated. Uh, But also... Right before I let you go, I want to ask you one last question. Yes. Um, because I just, I'm kind of excited to see a few of these things. But you, I think, broke into uh, comics in 2016 with Eclipse, right? That's correct. Yes. And then very shortly after that, it got optioned. Yes. And then you wrote Port of Earth, uh, also at Image and Top Cow. And yes. then shortly after that, that got optioned. Yes, that is that is uh, at Amazon right now for TV. Oh man, that's a good spot to have it too. I won't go deep into that because I don't want to. Um, there's probably not much you can say either. I know how that stuff works, but uh, we, do we have any type of luck seeing that within the next year or two? Do you well, know? Port of Earth is the furthest along of all of them. Lost City Explorers was my third title, and that is also uh, that was picked up as well. Um, but they're all in development. They're all in development for television, but uh, Port of Earth is the furthest along. Um, I think that we will see some more news about Port of Earth this year. I don't know. Um, It's hard for me to say as to when we might see that coalesce because um, they're still in the um, story development stage. They're starting to to do some of the packaging aspects of it all, but the um, casting and everything, that that stuff takes a long time. And so um, I would think that if it is, if everything goes according to plan, I still think we're, we're more than a year and a half away, uh, maybe two years. But it's going very fast, it's going very well, and I'm very excited. So um, more to come. Well, we look forward to any news on that front, almost as much as I look forward to issue two of Join the Future. Thank you. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us, Zach. Thank you, man. So you heard it here. This is uh, Zach's first interview that kind of dives into spoilers on the issue that came out today. Uh, So be sure to go ahead and hit him up on Twitter at Zach Caps. Let him know what you think. And, of course, let us know at Galactic Dads. We're always willing to talk to you and uh, listen to you guys as well. Uh, so, again, Zach, thanks so much, and uh, good luck with everything coming your way. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. 
We will catch you next time for a regularly scheduled episode where we talk about our dad shenanigans. So stick (laughs) around for those.